It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. We're going to have a lot of fun today on the show as we welcome our special guests from a very special group, Special Olympics Indiana, is in studio with us today. And um, let's just go around the room. There's a lot of people in the room. We're going to contribute to a great conversation about volunteering, volunteerism uh, with Special Olympics and Special Olympics Indiana. I want to welcome uh, Michael Furnish and Kelly Reese from Special Olympics Indiana. Hey, guys. Greetings. All right. And our uh, in-studio guests that we're going to talk to about their passion about volunteering with Special Olympics. We have Maureen Bestie. Hi, Maureen. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming in today. And um, Jenny Parker. Hi, Jenny. Hi. And your husband's in the corner? Yes, he is in the corner. Hello. Randy? Yes. We're going to bring you in in a minute and talk about uh, what you do with Polar Plunge. Great. So hang tight. And our uh, featured guest for today is Jackie Meyer. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Hello. I'm great. Thank you. We're here to really uh, talk about what's become known as Jackie's story. So I don't know if you knew that. You have a story. How about that? (laughs) Uh, How long have you been volunteering with Special Olympics? Um, I've really only been volunteering with Special Olympics for about four and a half years now. Um, Actually, our county did not have a program before that time. Only? I mean, four and a half, that's, that's kind of a long time. Um, it does seem that way at times. <laughs> <laughs> so before the program that I'm assuming you initiated the inaugural year five years ago and, and all the work you put into it, why? why? Why do it? Well, you know, I've coached at the varsity level um, for over 20 years, and um, I just have a real passion, uh, a real special place in my heart for special needs children. And um, I often thought, you know, wow, if we could, if we could do sports for these kids, um, it, it would be so powerful. Um, just because I saw the benefit and the um, just, just the enormous rewards that uh, varsity athletes uh, took from athletics. Um, however, I just was raising three children, and um, I, I just didn't feel like it was a time in my life that I could take on something more. So about five years ago, um, I called my, my wing ladies here <laughs> and said, you know, I, I've got this idea. Um, would you help me? And, uh, of course, they, we were um, pretty excited to, to get rolling once we um, figured out we could maybe do this. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's really just grown from there. Um, and the vision that I had for the program was just to transfer those those beautiful beautiful thing, values that uh, the, you know that came from athletics uh, for our uh, special needs children, and it, it's it's certainly done that. So the so programs just exploded. At your school, you were a varsity coach of uh, what sport? Uh, track and field in the spring, and then cross country in the fall. And through. Working at your school, you, you work with special needs kids as well? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I'm actually a director of special education uh, now for two corporations uh, for the last two years. Um, however, before that, I was in the uh, classroom for 22 years, and I taught at the high school and grade school level uh, for special needs children. 
Um, so you know these 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 children are they're mine. They're you know they're 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 just what I do. They're they're my I, I treat them as my own. So was there a maybe a signature moment when you were working with special needs kids as a track and field coach with varsity? You realized there's no real Special Olympics tie-in with your county or your school. Was there a signature moment where you're like, we're doing this? Um, I'm not sure if there was one signature moment, uh, but there were numerous moments. Um, you know, I, I have an athlete with me this weekend, um, and her name is Heather, and um, she ran cross-country. And, uh, you know, just, just the impact that cross-country uh, had on her life uh, was really incredible, and it, it made me think, oh my goodness, why why can't more of these children be involved? And, um, you know, it, it just, you know, we, my athletes took such great care of her, and it was just so fun. Um, I think, Maggie, were, you were a senior at the time she ran. My daughters are with me over here in the corner, <laughs> Maggie and Madeline, uh, but Maggie was a senior when Heather ran, and, and we had to take good care of her, you know, we... <laughs> Uh, she was a little bit directionally challenged, and uh, so we had to be careful in the routes we took. And uh, but you know, just the gains from both the athletes and and well, Heather as an athlete, uh, just the gains were incredible. How easy was it to get everybody on board when you wanted to do this program? Um, you know, I, I have to say. Our community has been tremendous. I had no trouble getting everybody on board. Um, the initial um, request, you know, uh, I'm not sure if Jenny and Maureen knew what they were getting into when they said <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, it was very favorable. Um, I, I, our community needed it. Um, you know, these children, they went home every day after school. They didn't have the opportunity to, to go to practice and to... Uh, to learn those those incredible values that athletics provides, you know, I mean, discipline, uh, responsibility, time management, uh, you know, j the, the list just just is endless. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was not hard. My, my community has been just phenomenal from the very beginning as far as financial support. Um, uh, you know, we, we probably have we probably have a hundred and. 150 volunteers um, that we could call upon. Um, it, it's amazing, yes. Wow. I, Jackie and I and Maureen, we work through the school system, and so we have ready access to the students at the school. But I think one of the biggest impacts it's made um, with what Jackie was talking about is the adults or the people who are no longer in the school system because it's hard for them to find activities that they can participate in once they're, they've graduated from school. And we've seen a lot of improvement with the adults. They're more outgoing. They're happy. They're excited to come to practice. And I think that, I mean, it's been very good for the school children, um, but it's been especially beneficial for the adults that have graduated. Yeah, it gives them something to look forward to. And they definitely mm -hmm. do look forward to that. That's important for our listeners. Um, when you think Special Olympics and, and athletes and sports, you, you think kids. You think um, special needs kids. You think uh, high school sports. Uh, but I've met a lot of people at the Special Olympics Indiana Summer Games that didn't start with Special Olympics until they were 19 or 20. Yeah. And then, and then there's, you know, for the kids or the participants you coach, what are the ages? Eight to, I think our oldest is 62. 62. Mm -hmm. Wow, 
that's cool. Yeah. And what's the event? He is. He does track and field with us right now. Um, he bowled in the fall. A lot of our older athletes enjoy bowling because it's cool inside. They don't have the heat that they have to deal with. And then it's an individual sport. Um, we have a bowling alley in the town that we live in, in Mount Vernon, and it is a big sport for our, for our adult athletes. So through volunteering and getting the word out to your county about Special Olympics, I'm sure it's easy being a coach and a teacher at your school to get kids involved. How does a 62-year-old participant hear about this, um, this opportunity? Go ahead. We work closely with the, um, I guess it's through Easter Seals Rehabilitation Center. We call it Horizons. It's a sheltered workshop in Mount Vernon that some of our athletes go to to work during the day. And we work closely with um, the social worker at the sheltered workshop, and she helps to get that information out to the older athletes. Our guest is Jackie Meyer. She's a, uh, a volunteer with Special Olympics. And would you say your title above volunteer is what? Um, by day, my professional job <laughs> is a director of special education. Director of special education yes. mm -hmm. for, your, for your school in Posey County. Uh -huh. um, and then with your Special Olympians or the team, you're the head coach. I am uh, head the head coach. coach for track and field and then the county coordinator as well. And you've introduced your, what you call your right-hand people. Uh -huh. We have Jenny Parker and Maureen Bestie. Mm -hmm. um, and you are volunteer coaches as well? Coaches, what would you say? Um, we're volunteer coaches. I think I'm listed as the family's coordinator official. It's my official title for Special Olympics. And I've been a special education teacher for 27 years um, in the school district of Mount Vernon. Maureen? I'm also a coach, but I'm also the treasurer of the Special Olympics. And I also work, Jenny and I work together. I'm her teacher assistant in the classroom, and I've been there for 11 years. And I also had a special needs child. So I guess tell us, uh, our listeners, the, um, the great story of how it began when, when the conversation started or the phone call or the email or the texting from you, Jackie, to Jenny and Maureen, here's what we're going to do. I need you on board, and I'm sure that we're not reluctant at all to jump feet first in and help. How'd those first conversations go? Well, I had actually started with Special Olympics 20 to 25 years ago before it had really gotten so technical, I guess is how I want to put it. Um, and again, <laughs> life got in the way. My husband and I had children, so I had to step back out of it. And and then as my children have grown and they've moved out and, and made their own lives, Jackie started Special Olympics. And I thought, what a great way for my husband and I to start a life for ourselves because we've focused so much on our children. And so with that in mind, I thought that's perfect for Randy and I to start doing things that we need to do. We, we had a daughter that was a cheerleader. We had a son in band. And so we were constantly on the move with our kids and once that was done you know we were empty nesters what do we do special olympics was perfect for both of us randy has helped out in my classroom he goes on field trips with us when we need him to my daughter is also involved in special olympics um, when she's in the area she actually is here today somewhere um, but she goes to iu and is majoring in speech and language 
um, therapy. And I think a lot of that came through her involvement with Special Olympics, her involvement in my classroom while I was a teacher. And, and I've always loved it. I always say I love my job. I've done it for so long, but I could never imagine doing anything else. And so Special Olympics was just an extension of my job that I love so much. And I've seen I call them kids, you know, some of them are older than I am, as we call them athletes. Um, But it's just great to see them in a different atmosphere other than school. And it's been great. Yeah, and uh, my experience is similar. Jenny and I just, I mean, it's pretty much our life, you know. Yes, it is. We work it, we live it. (laughs) And it's our passion to be, you know, with these guys and, and give them the opportunity that they may not have had, you know, like we just want them to have the opportunities that other people have. Mm-hmm. And they are so enthusiastic and they cherish it. I mean, the it's very rewarding. But my family too, they're my 85-year-old parents even, they help <laughs> my husband, my daughter and her husband. Um, I did have a, a special needs daughter that passed away a few years ago and I think that for me keeps her memory alive, you know, helping other people that were like her. Because as far as my family, we always wanted her to be treated like everybody else. We wanted her to have the opportunities that everybody else had, that my other daughter had, you know. And this gives them friendships, it gives them reward, I mean, it gives them so much pleasure in life that they may not have. And it's very rewarding. And what we tell our volunteers and, and what all volunteers need to know is they can do just anything and it, it helps such a, a great deal um, you know we have volunteers that help us once a year at our fall uh, fund, football fundraiser we have volunteers that only help us in track and field um, just because that's when they have the time that they can they can volunteer and you know just that every little bit makes a really a huge difference and we have a basketball program also I don't I know we've talked about our bowling and our track and field we have a basketball program that we start um in December end of December beginning of January um that is is growing by leaps and bounds that we use some of our other volunteers they only volunteer for basketball and that's kind of you know we have our teachers that are involved too Mm -hmm. um and that's been a really good program We've, we've seen that program expand. I've seen those athletes do so. I mean, the progress is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, really good. What I'm hearing is, um, and for our listeners, the topic of our show today is volunteering and volunteerism through the Special Olympics with our special guests from Special Olympics. This is like the dream team of volunteering because, uh, Jackie, you're the special needs coordinator for your school and the varsity track and field coach for the athletic department. And And I did have to give that up. I I couldn't handle. (laughs) One year I had the special Olympic team, the varsity track and field team, and the unified team, and um, it – it was tough. <laughs> so, no, I no longer do the varsity program. So. You're such a great volunteer. You quit your job. <laughs> That's what my husband would say. <laughs> so, with your background um, uh-huh. as the special needs director yes. at your school, uh, Jenny, 
empty nester is what I heard. Yes. So your kids have grown up and gone, and you're, you and your husband want to be more involved with the community. Yes. Maureen, as a parent of someone with special needs, that's a whole other um, fantastic inspirational angle. So there's three totally different backgrounds yeah. here that have come together to volunteer for the same goals and, and aspirations and events and, and organization. Um, so it's a great point I'm bringing up for our listeners to know that no matter what your background is, uh, you can get involved with any organization. Yes. So it's great that three people with totally, not totally different backgrounds, but somewhat different backgrounds have pulled together to become uh, a team. Um, tell us, uh, our guests, I should reintroduce uh, Jackie Myers, our, our guest from Special Olympics, uh, Indiana. We're talking about volunteerism. Her um, co-volunteer extraordinaires are Jenny Parker and Maureen Bestie. Um, tell us some success stories, some fantastic high-five, tear-producing, heart-pounding, pulling-your-heartstring stories of, of competition, either on the court, on the field, through the hallways of the local school, um, at the mall, your 62-year-old 62, 62 participant. Um, some of the stories you've seen come through Special Olympics. Um, tell some of those stories through your eyes. Okay. Um, we had a little gal move into our district um, last spring, and um, she was really struggling. Uh, she was actually placed in um, uh, with a, a family uh, due to her struggles, and uh, we got her involved in Special Olympics. And uh, just just the growth for her uh, was really enormous. Um, she is absolutely thriving in her setting at this time, um, academically and socially. And, uh, you know, I, I attribute a lot of her success uh, to her involvement with uh, Special Olympics. She was not only involved in our Special Olympics program, but also the Unified Track and Field. And um, I, I, just love, I just love to watch her compete just because she just lives to be at practice and to, to, to compete on our teams and to be a, a part of that team to wear that uniform and, and just the, the pride and the, the, the confidence in her uh, does just bring tears to my eyes. So that's what. Who else? I teach. I teach at Mount Vernon Junior High, and our school is gives out announcements every morning, and they're very good about including any results that our Special Olympians have been in in the, in the morning announcements. And I see these kids as they walk around school, and and the other students are giving them high fives oh, yeah. and telling them mm-hmm. how great they did mm-hmm. and our school has a Facebook page and um, they're really really good about okay here's our special Olympic athletes they were in the track and field event this well I'll put some on for the summer and they're very good at acknowledging which lets the host school know that they're involved in that practice mm-hmm. Who else? What specific Gosh, there's examples? So many. There's so many. Mm-hmm. And Randy can maybe tell the story. Jackie, I don't know if you're there. Um, we had the basketball game at North Posey, and do you remember? It's with our with Ross, and oh, you can probably yeah. tell that story better than I can. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> one of my favorite stories is um, we were playing an exhibition game at our uh, county rival school, and remember. Uh, we were with Posey County, and so uh, Mount Vernon and North Posey are, are very much rivals. However, our athletes compete as Posey County. Um, but for this particular basketball game, we split the teams up, and um, the uh, varsity officials are official, officiating the game during halftime. 
and uh, we had one of our athletes um, travel. And the you have to understand the the basketball arena. I mean, it was it was packed. Um, and uh, when the <laughs> official called uh, travel on him, the entire crowd erupted in boo <laughs> both sides the Mount Vernon and the North and the North Posey side <laughs> and then uh, late, just up and down the court again he hit a three point and you would have thought they had won a national championship it was beautiful <laughs> and you know we all had tears just running down our eyes simply because it, it was so powerful it just it, it, it was it was really neat, really neat. Can I speak on something on that? <laughs> the referee at that game, he, we were getting ready to go out, and we were going to have actually Jackie's son Cam was going to put a ref jersey on a ref. The ref asked me if we could use some refs, so I said absolutely. And he goes, "Well, how close do you call the game?" And I said, "You know." These kids are going to double dribble. They're going to travel. I said, you know, give them a couple warning shots, you know, like that. And he goes, okay, I think I can handle that. So as Ross is running down the court, we're saying, dribble, Ross, dribble. Crack me tells him two or three times, and he calls he calls that travel on him. So anyway, Ross, like I said, he he he, the crowd's booing. The ref looks at me, I give him a thumbs up. Right <laughs> <in the room>. <laughs> <laughs> Next time when Ross made the three-point shot, he actually turned around. He Ross actually stopped about three foot behind the three-foot line because he knew that he got called right at the line the previous time down the court. And and Ross, after he sunk that basket, he walked up to the ref and just give the stick your hand up. <laughs> when that game was over, that referee was coming back down, he asked me, how do you get involved with Special Olympics? He, he wanted to know, I said, well, you know, what, what county are you from? He said, Vandenberg. I said, get with one of your athletic directors, uh, I get Jackie's information, we get hooked up with the right people, because he said that was the best six minutes of basketball he'd ever refereed in his entire life. That's a great uh, add-on to, you know, talking about the success stories of the Participants and the athletes, and that's a, a success story of a volunteer. That how that ref got involved to volunteer with Special Olympics. Let's have some success stories of your volunteers um, who have gotten involved, uh, and you've either third person witnessed something that's happened in their life, or they've actually come to you per, first person with a with an email or a conversation to say, Jackie, uh, thank you for calling me and getting me involved with. Special Olympics uh, as a volunteer because of this? I think I've seen some um, at our track and field events. We need lots of volunteers at our track and field events. And of course, we ask our teacher friends first. Um, and some of them, it was the first time this past year. And I I don't know if, if how much you've shown of our track and field events. Our athletes try their hardest most of the time. Um, sometimes they get tired and they start walking in a running race. And so our, our teachers that were volunteering for the first time were used to 
the very competitive track and field. So when they come out and they see, oh, I'm just tired, I'm going to walk, but everybody's clapping for them, they're just completely amazed that at what they're seeing, that the athletes are happy as can be because they just made it down the track. And it's had an impact as far as the, the teachers that I work with. They think that's great. And usually, I mean, like they've said, you volunteer one time, you're like, call me again. I'll yes. be glad to. I love it. They're so happy. They, you know, they just can't get over how excited they get and how happy they are. Even if they come in last place, exactly. you know, it doesn't matter to them. They participated, they did their best, and they're just happy to be there. So it's very contagious. One of my favorites is um, originally the uh, high school uh, students uh, often would call uh, to ask if they could volunteer because they needed hours for, um, you know, the National Honor Society, or they were just required to do so many hours. And what's been fun to see is how many of those students have returned and their hours are well beyond completed um they they just they've really like maureen said it's it's contagious and uh, our students often come back and then go through our volunteer uh, training process i don't ever know of anybody that says they don't want to come back yes you know it's always call me i'll help you whenever you need to we have um, one of our elementary schools, their student council will come and help us at our track and field events. And it's very helpful in that we're able to place an elementary student, and I think they're around fourth or fifth graders, mm-hmm. individually with an athlete to make sure the athletes get to the correct event. And it's such a good experience for both the elementary student and the special education athlete, or I just should say athlete, um, and it's been it's been very eye opening for some of the, the the younger children, and they always volunteer to come back and, and they enjoy it. So that in, that inclusion part of it has been good. I, I'm, I'm talking from a teacher standpoint now, um, but that's been a really good thing. What does it take to be um, a, a good volunteer? Um, what qualities are you looking for when you're recruiting volunteers? What's it take to be a great volunteer with Special Olympics? You certainly have to have patience. Yes. <laughs> Say that definitely. Number one, patience. <laughs> um, committed. Um, you know, our program doesn't work without committed volunteers. If you know, if if we don't have our volunteers show up, uh, it 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 really makes for a hot mess at practice. <laughs> um, we we just need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And you, did you say earlier you have 185 volunteers? Uh, we have about 150 volunteers. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot? That's a lot to me. We, it is, it's fantastic yeah. because I don't know that we've ever had a time that we've said, oh my gosh, we did not have enough help. Uh, we, and what I love about it too is we don't need every, all those 150 every time. And they certainly don't come every time. It's just that we, we have a long list of volunteers that we feel very comfortable calling. Um, you know, we do a uh, end of the year banquet where we recognize all of our athletes uh, and their achievements throughout the year. And uh, it's fantastic because our, our volunteers that maybe are a little older and don't feel comfortable out on the field 
volunteering, they are tremendous help with the banquet, uh, just with the catering and the, you know, just the, the awards. And um, so, you know, it just depends on our need based, you know, who we, we do. And in fact, my mother, uh, Gail Hain, is our volunteer coordinator. And uh, so, you know, like she said, her, her parents have been sucked into the... <laughs> we suck our whole family. Yes, we do. It, 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 they willingly help. <laughs> it is absolutely a... Um, such a, a volunteer or a family a family yeah it is because yeah it goes all the way up to my 84 year old parents to my great nieces and nephews my nieces my sister my kids mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's the same for them we just mm-hmm. suck our whole family into it we've <laughs> also a family affair <laughs> we've also used um our classroom students to be able yeah. to um set up for the banquet our high school and junior high are connected and so it's easy for us to walk over to the high school where we have our banquet at and the students from from our class will help set the tables for the banquet it's a life skills classroom and we have sold concessions which would be a fundraiser for special olympics at um I guess the homecoming or anything goes uh, almost uh, anything goes Um, and that's such a good activity for the students in my classroom and then that's a good way for them to understand the volunteer part of it also Jackie do you have a um, like an elevator speech to encourage people to get involved like you obviously know what volunteering means and how important it is and how passionate you are about it um, you know, I'm sure there's a scale from people that can't wait to do it down to the other side of the spectrum, people that are reluctant to do it. Is there an elevator speech, a 30-second speech you give them to say, here's why you should be involved, here's why it's so great, here's my elevator speech? You know, I don't feel like I have an elevator speech. Um, however, I feel uh, very strongly that um, I lead by example. And I think everyone around me knows that uh, if if you know me at all, uh, you know that I'm very passionate about volunteering and um, passionate about these children. And uh, I, I think I think that's very, very valuable. I, I think just, you know, just for me to, um, I don't know, maybe get my hands dirty, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I think that goes a long way. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.